From the Multiply family of churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We're located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. Visit us at multiplythechurch.com. Well, my name is Aaron Denenny, Executive Director of the Multiply Family of Churches, and I'm joined by my friend and co-laborer, John Slinker, Director of Missions for Multiply. What's up, bro? Back for season two. How we doing? Here we go. I like it. Back in the saddle again. You know, at, uh, at Behind Open Doors, we want to help you multiply your disciple-making efforts, um, and that's really why we started this thing, right, mm-hmm. was to just try to... Uh, try to do some equipping, some conversational style, um, uh, just helping people understand certain topics or different methods or different tools and training and teaching, all that kind of stuff. But really, it's it's more about sitting back with a cup of coffee and inviting you into a conversation about things that matter, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, I've been in a lot of social situations, even in the last month or so, where I left a, a, a get together of some kind, and I've just been like, that. Like, what did we even do? What did we even talk about? Like, we just we didn't really talk about anything that mattered. And then other ones that I think you were in a couple of these other ones that. Of like, course, if it's a know, good conversation, it's I'm usually sure. you and yeah. me and uh, a couple other guys that we <laughs> hang out with, right? When I leave those conversations or those times together, it's okay. like, oh my gosh! Like, can we just do that all the time, uh, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just. Yeah. I, I'm a purposeful, intentional kind of person, and mm. I don't like to do things that when I feel like I'm just kind of floating in the wind. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sure. Um, so a podcast with conversations about things that actually matter yep. to life. Yep. That's a big deal for me. Yep. How about you? I think I'm very much the same. However, I am gr- I'm trying to grow. And being able to have those... I'm, I, what's really helped me lately is understanding what gear I need to be in and what conversation for which person. Mm-hmm. And reading the other person or reading the group and seeing like, is are we just having a light like connecting converse, com- sure. or like a, a social conversation? Right. Or are we gonna? Is this gonna turn into something where we really get like into some of the weeds on rights and wrongs sure. or likes and dislikes or things that excite you or things that really piss you off or uh yeah but if we're there's hallway conversation right i think that's what you're talking about like i don't want to stay 30 minutes into a hallway conversation i wanted to get somewhere yeah i think that's maybe that's the more frustrating thing is like i'm uh, as a more introverted kind of person i would rather have a long deep conversation with one or two people Mm. than like float around the room Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Have multiple surface level conversations. It it does depend on the setting, you know, I mean, and what's going on. You know, we'll talk about multiply event we just had recently where we had all of our churches together. That's a social event. You're running down the line of people standing in line for food and you're talking yeah. and having very surface level, like, You've hey, how you like doing conversations? Yeah. 200 people there, 300 people. You're going to be talking, you're going to be trying to catch, you know, 15, 20 and having multiple very small conversation. Yeah, so let's maybe let's. Uh, you're a you're a much better conversationalist than I. Um, so, what are some of the strategies for taking a surface level conversation 
to a deeper level? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that what mm-hmm. does that look like for you? Um, so immediately, you're in the right moment. Like, you're you've had the surface level, and you're like, okay, I'm feeling like we could go to the next level of depth here. Yeah, there's a, what do I do? There's 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 a a why there's a fork in the road at this point <laughs> right. in the conversation. I could either get out. I could dip. <laughs> You know, because I don't know if I want to continue hanging out just on, you know, talking. It feels like wasting more time on nonsense or whatever, but sometimes it can. So what I like to do is, um, especially this is, this is the secret, right? Ask questions. Boom. Exactly. Be curious. Yeah. Be more interested than interesting in a conversation and you're going to make a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you just get to, I, I, it's not that I make it a game, but I truly have a, 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 an interest in what people are interested in. Mm. What what makes you tick? What do you love? Yeah. That's a question I've been I've been asking lately. Is like, uh, what's been filling your time lately? I feel like the it, when I find myself in social conversations, I don't want to immediately. I meet somebody. I met Mike at your house uh, the other day, and you know, first con- first question you can ask is, "Oh, what do you do for work?" It's like what. It's Memorial Day. <laughs> right. We're at the barbecue. We're at the beach. We're hanging right. out. Let's not get work involved in this too much. But like, what um, what do you love to do in your free time? What do you, Mike, what keeps you busy? Yeah. Um, but then also I, I use um, something that is a tool that I use. It's called the peace index. And you can, there's five P's, um, purpose, people, place, provision and personal health. Um, and so if you take an aggregate score, if you scored each one of those five from one to hundred, you take the average that gives you your peace index. How at peace are you with the people in your life and your relationships? Uh, take the top five to 10 you interact with on a weekly, monthly basis. Um, how hopeful are you um, that those relationships are at peace and will be at peace, one to ten. And then place. What about your home? Do you have a quiet place you can retreat to? Do you have a safe space? Is your home a safe space? Is your city, does your city bring you joy? Uh, and then provision. Not do you have everything you want, but do you have what you need? One to one to 100. Um, and then um, what do we got? Personal health. Physical, mental, spiritual. How you doing? One to a hundred in each of those. Those make up their own kind of personal aggregate score. And then the last one, um, I think I haven't mentioned is purpose. Uh, that's one I love to start with. If you come at somebody trying to transition from something light into like, hey, how's your peace? <laughs> that's a little jarring. Yeah. Especially if I just met you, bro. Right. Uh, however... If you ask me, uh, what's your purpose? What are you doing? Like, what, what, what do you wake up for? What's your, what drives uh, you? Yeah. What drives you? Those kind of, what, you, what wakes you up in the morning is pretty cliche and worn out nowadays. There's, you know, figure out your own What do you get language. excited about? What excites you? Yeah. Uh, you know, a fun one, if you, if you kind of make it a game. Mike, what, like, if you had this whole day, if you didn't have to be here right now, Mike. <laughs> If you had this whole day to yourself, what would you be doing? You know, and just really get into 
the purpose or, or, you know, and use any of those after that one, you're like, well, tell me about the people in your life. Where, where do you live? You live in Norfolk, you live in Chesapeake, you live in Virginia beach, Hampton, wherever. Um, you got any projects going on in your, just, you know, be yeah. more interested. Yeah. No, that's really good, man. That's really helpful. So what are, um, so what excites you, John? Like what gets mm. you, uh, what gets you motivated? What drives you? Like if you weren't right here recording a podcast right now, what would you be doing? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um, r- right now, probably writing. I feel like this past weekend, I was really convicted that the Lord has given me too much to not write and continue to share. And as my life takes some transitions, um, I, I used to, I used to struggle with wanting to have my voice and even being on a podcast. I used to struggle with writing and publishing my written content. Um, and there's a lot of self-preservations behind that. But I think what what's exciting me now is as I continue to learn more and more about myself, what I'm good at and where I need to grow, I'm beginning to recognize that, hey, writing isn't some uh, attention grab so that people so that I can get more followers or so that I can become more popular or so that people, so that I can prove myself to people writing. The Lord has, has continued to just fight back the lies, uh, from the enemy that writing is an attention grab or it's a way to prove something about yourself. I don't want that. I've seen that. I've, I've had people in my life above me beyond, beyond down the road from me, uh, in life, utilize these platforms for their own personal gain. And I've always had a tough time to not do that. And so now it's just feel the Lord encouraging me. Hey, that's not it. You know, that's not it. You know, your heart. And, and, um, I feel convicted to continue sharing in, in other capacities that I see, uh, in, in different parts of the world have a lot of influence. Yeah. One of my um, one of my mentors that was on with us last season, actually, Mark, uh, Doctor Mark McGeever, hmm. um, he often uses the phrase, and maybe I've said it on here before, that uh, he he needs to write himself clear, um, mm-hmm. and I think that for me, that's what writing does. Like it helps me empty my thoughts, but also you almost like write yourself to this place of clarity where you begin to understand something better or um, you are getting to a place where you finally have written out something you've been thinking about for a while and now other people get exposed to it and they can uh, have some clarity for it as well. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. Man, that's just, uh, it, it is a super helpful. Um, I think that's kind of a, an age and stage of life for us too. Like mm. we've, we've gone through a lot at this point, um, pushing 40 for you and just mm-hmm. over 40 for me. And mm-hmm. um, at this point where we're like, okay, there's been a lot of stuff going on. I was, I'm always skeptical of like young pastors that have written books by the time they're like 30, 35. And I'm like, bro, you haven't been through enough, Mm, you know? Come on. And it's like, come on, just like maybe you have this one sermon series that was really great and you made that into a book. 
oh, good for you. Whatever. Um, maybe I'm jealous. I don't know. But uh, at the same time, it's like, I'm not sure how much you've actually gone through to be able to, to write out yet. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. So uh, if you're a young pastor out there, stop trying to write a book right now. Like, just do the stuff. Like, do the work. Take the hits, you know, get the scars, um, and then start writing about it later in life. Because mm-hmm. I'm just now at that point, after 20 years of ministry, where I feel like I have something to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah. and again, that's yep. my personal opinion. I'll take that. Take it for what it's worth. But yeah, right. Um, right. It's, I think it's... it. <clears throat> it's uh, just getting in once again to the things that that truly matter um, in conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Conversations about things that matter, writing about things that matter, mm-hmm. uh, going through things that teach you what really matters, you know, and uh, not being distracted by distracted by the the minor things that get major attention um, because, you know, we're followers of the way of Jesus and, uh, you know, a, a tactic of the enemy is to divert worship away from Jesus as Lord, right? And so, like, for some of you, you might f- hear all that and you're just like, man, how do you stay so on track? And so I am not the most disciplined guy in the world, okay? Um, I'm definitely not. Uh, I have to work really, really hard at spiritual disciplines, at sitting my butt down and reading a book yep. at, at, you know, sitting down and writing like it, it, you just learn how you almost have to trick yourself into those kind of things sometimes until it becomes a pattern or a rhythm. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, it's hard. And I'm just, I think we're just sitting here encouraging people at some level, like whatever that looks like for you, push yourself to do it because it's worth it in the end. It matters in the end. Yes. Yes. And one of the, so the lady, I, I met one of the ladies that wrote the film Jesus Revolution. And um, she's good friends on the board with a, a guy I know uh, down the road here uh, for one of the ministries that we have in the area. And she calls it sitting down at your computer and just getting the mustard out. Because when you open a bottle of mustard, what always comes out first? The water. It's the mustard it's water, so gross. right? It's like, terrible. But she's just like, sit down. It's okay. It's going to happen. Just You're not going to start out writing gold, but you just got to sit down, start writing, get the mustard out, and then the stuff will come. Mm-hmm. The goodness will come. Uh, so I like that. So yeah, if there's any encouragement, uh, whatever you feel led to start doing, just start doing it. And we're going, like if you're in sales or if you're, whatever it is, I think the principle is, you're going to get no's. Why not? Like, there's a yes out there. Why not get through the no's faster so that you can get to the yeses faster? Yeah. You just got to do it. So what is more gross? Mustard water or hot dog water? <laughs> uh... These are important questions we ask here on the are there, Behind Open Doors podcast. Are there uh, chocolate-flavored starfish <laughs> along with us? <laughs> chocolate starfish. Another Chocolate starfish? We were talking about Limp Biscuit before we got on here. That's funny. Hot dog-flavored water uh, or mustard water. Uh, hot dog-flavored water is gross. Hot dog-flavored yeah. water is yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah. yeah, I could do the mustard. 
probably just because I'm thinking volume right now. There's in yeah. hot dog water. There's like a whole like vat of hot dog water. <laughs> I could yeah, do why, a little tidy. Anyway, yeah. Like, is that what preserves the hot dogs? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're eating the wrong hot dogs, man. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Have you ever had a Salem's hot dog? Mm-hmm. They come out of Western New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. They just they like pop when you eat them. Mm, those are the best. Oh, man, those are the so best. Good. So I had I had a good hot. We went to the Tights game last night. It was Bark at the Park. Did you really? We were there. Okay. Robbie was at the Tights game too. Wow, look at that. I like it. Um, I wanted a hot dog so bad, but I had one at your house the day before that, and I was like, I don't know if I can do two in a row, two days in a row, but I wanted one really bad. The one at your house is great, by the way. Ah, cool. Nice. Yes, thank you. Hey, did they score a touchdown last night at the baseball game, Robbie? <laughs> oh, okay. you know baseball. Okay. Uh, one of our first hits, like at bats, was a home run. Really? Last night. Nice. Yeah. Well, the tides are good because the Orioles are good. Did what we did? Did we end up winning? Uh, I don't know. I left at the well. I knew. I left at the end of the eighth. Okay. Um, so I need to go home. All right. Uh, but they ended up Bedtime. Okay. Oh, really? The ties did? Yeah. A walk-off home run? Yeah. Oh, Don't tell my wife. I was. I made her leave early. 9-8. Nine, eight. <laughs> nine, eight. Nice. Okay. Somebody needs to fact check us on this. Uh, she's not going to listen to this anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Just her husband. Yeah. That, that's actually true. We've tested her on that, haven't we? You know, next time you listen to the Bob Pod. Yep. We're actually well, going to talk a little bit about that because w- we were all in Mexico together. Yes. And that's something that we definitely have to get to. Yeah. And uh, let's let's head that way because, um, you know, we like to talk about different topics we like to chew on here, right? Uh, we thought we'd start this first episode of season two with just some celebrations and some wins and some victories. You know, we um, we don't always celebrate well in our culture. Um, you know, I think when people or organizations are successful, um, we tend to push to the next thing, right? Like, um, oh, that was great. Awesome. Let's go. Next thing. What's next? Let's do something else cool, yep. right? Or something else fun or something else successful and great. Mm. The next but, the next rush of endorphins. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, I think the younger me um, was absolutely that way. Uh, the last few years, though, um, I've really tried to pause and absorb and reflect and enjoy those celebratory moments, you know, and just acknowledging the Lord in that, acknowledging the hard work that was done in that and the different people that it contributed to, um, you know, whether it was a a multiply event or whether it was a church event, whether it was, um, you know, a, a good podcast season, last season, whatever, just being, just being like, that was good, right? And then, um, you know, often we'll get together in different meeting scenarios, different uh, kind of situations, and um, and even small group scenarios, you know, you kind of go around the room and you're like, give us your happy crappy, right? And, uh, and what we mean by that is uh, give us your what's going on, like what do you want to celebrate, and what are the things that you need some grace for or, or need the Lord's provision for or whatever the case may be, right? So um, let's go through this list because I made yep. up this list as I've gone through different uh, meetings with people and I, uh, I jotted down a whole bunch of these because I think they're pretty fascinating. Uh, happy crappy is my favorite um, because I use that one the most. Um, I think your wife uh, actually is on the educator side uh, introduced me more to the the glows and grows. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, glows an and grows. That's an education one. Uh, what's another one that we got on this list? 
Uh, brownies and frownies <laughs> is a good one. Brownies and frownies. Um, yeah. Highs and lows, ups and downs. Those are like the, kind of. Eh, I, I feel like the nurturers or the the, the mothers are gonna love the roses and, th- and thorns. Roses and thorns. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love the roses and thorns. Give us the roses and thorns. Um, yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get the idea. The dude. The did you come up with cakes and quakes? Uh, I did not. I, I could tell you who did, but um, he uh, he might be uh, frustrated okay. on that. All right, all right. we won't yeah. out him. That's a good one. Whoever you are, he came up with job. it on the spot too. Good job. So it was like kind of a oh, eh, eh, In the, eh, okay, right, right, right. Uh, pows and wows. Now that one, that one hits home. Yeah, that one's like nail on the head. Yeah. Um, well, so so nobody was a prisoner of war. For you, Pals in your wheels. in your uh, family, then well, if, if, dude, that could be offensive. I mean, my my grandfather actually was an MP in uh, um, Korea, and um, he actually took charge of a prisoner of war oh, in wow. Korea that okay. uh, they released. Later, uh, my grandfather was making the rounds, and so the story goes. <laughs> so the story goes, this same prisoner uh, puts. The bayonet in my grandfather's back uh, pokes his back. And my grandfather turns around, and this Korean guy says, Cecil, get out of here now. And saved my grandfather's life. Wow. Because my grandfather was a good guy to him as he was his prisoner. Hmm. But, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That went, we just went like hallway conversation to yeah, we did. real deep, real, real quick. Deep. Yeah, you did. Yep. You did. Yep. Uh, t- <laughs> Tell me about your family. That's what happens when you come at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nopes and dopes. That's nope. the last one I got there, right? Uh, all right that's my so favorite, by the way. Nopes right, and that's dopes? the favorite new one, nopes okay. and dopes. All yeah. right, there we go. Um, so we're going to celebrate some wins here. Um, just uh, talk about some of the things that we, uh, have looking back, are just excited about. And um, I think the first thing, you already mentioned it, is that Mexico mission trip that we had in that February, March, late February, early March time frame. Um, what were some some of the things that came out of that trip that we were celebrating, and uh, just kind of let's let's kind of paint a picture of what that trip was yeah. for our multiply family. Yeah. So big picture, we were there what four days? Five, yeah. Five, four, total four or five days. Travel, five yeah. days, and then um, we went from midweek to Sunday morning. We worshiped with them, and then had some lunch and headed out, um, and. We took your daughter with us, Abby. She is 16? 15. 15, almost 16, about to drive. Yes. Okay. Um, is currently driving under permit. Right, and, uh, that's it. Yeah, that's, okay. that's been an interesting. Did she tell you I told her at the campaign, or at the project, right, to ask you in certain ways to drive the, uh, the car, to drive your car? Wow, what is it? The yellow car? The yellow car. Oh, yeah, yeah, The Alfa Romeo? The Alfa yeah, Romeo, yeah. the, the old school Alfa Romeo yeah, that yeah. You, you, you and your dad helped build. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I tried to teach her how to how to ask to drive <laughs> that. She's like, I will never be able to drive that. <laughs> no, I'm going to teach her how on that thing because like, it's, a, it's a stick. And yeah. uh, I refuse to let her, you know, uh, be exposed to this, um, 
what do they call it? A millennial theft device that is a standard vehicle, a uh, vehicle with five speeds, <laughs> the clutch, <laughs> because younger people don't know how to drive those things, man. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And yes. that car is going to head up to Pennsylvania in yep. the, uh, where we got a um, little retreat place up there mm. and uh, I teach you how to drive in the back roads. That's great. Driving That's on, good. So, That's yeah. better than what happened to my mother. I'm full of stories today. <laughs> so my mom in high school, first time her friend group ever went out to TP a house or do some kind of like damage that minors do. Right. Uh, she was the getaway driver. Uh, only problem in the whole strategy was she had never drove a stick before. And so they're like <laughs> popping the clutch down the road, trying to drive away really fast. Anyways, yeah. uh, save your daughter that embarrassment yeah. and, and uh, from being funny. caught. Yeah, hopefully uh, she won't be TPing any houses right. anytime soon. Well, um, if, if there's any indication about how she handled herself while in Mexico as a 15-year-old, getting up in front of people yeah. that don't speak her language, utilizing a translator, being able to bring um, just really good... Um, caring uh, information in a sweet way proved exactly what we were trying to communicate. Yeah. Anyone from young and old, any education, um, male, female, any gift, any skill, you can follow Jesus and make disciples. Yeah. Uh, that's such a good point. And that really, you know, the if you're looking at the big picture for Mexico, as far as our international focus goes, um, Mexico was established through a relationship that we had with a, a brother in our church. Uh, his uncle was already pastoring down there. And so we, uh, we strike up a relationship, connect, mm-hmm. really enjoy this dude. You start pouring into him training-wise. Mm-hmm. You all go down there back in November of 2021 and say, hey, this is cool. Do we want to do this? And the answer was a resounding yes, let's do this yeah. partnership, right? They have a church planning center, um, training center that's being established there, being physically built there, uh, a church that's being uh, uh, that's continuing to make disciples who send out and plant new churches. Yeah, um, a succession plan with the the pastor that's there with a new guy that we were able to connect with. So this trip was more like, yes, we want to do partnership. Okay, now what does it look like? to actually bring people down here, and what are the possibilities? Um, we wanted this to be an accessible intercultural and international trip destination um, for folks to get to that cross-cultural mission field, mm-hmm. which is very different than um, you know serving communities here in the U.S. Uh, when you have a language barrier, um, there are different challenges that come with that that really help people see the world a little bit differently. Mm. When you hear a worship experience happening that's not in your mother language, yep. um, it, it takes you to a place where you realize, oh my goodness, you know, this this picture and revelation of all tribes and tongues and nations before the throne becomes a reality because yeah. you hear them singing Santo, 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 mm. uh, which is holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I know that song, but they're singing it in this language and I can sing with them because I know the same melodies. It's yes. like... All, that's really what tongues yeah. is about in that Acts yeah. 2 Pentecost kind of picture, right? Yes. And it's so beautiful. Um, so we want people to see, feel, and hear that and experience that at a, at a very 
boots on the ground kind of level. And so um, I've been passionate for a long time about trying to get my kids on the mission field quickly. And um, it wasn't as quick as I wanted, but she's 15. She got to do that and got to see that and experience that. And um, and now I think we're saying, let's. what does that look like now for, for more folks you yeah. know, as we go down there? Yeah. Um, I think it looks like kids... Kids Week slash VBS kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like church planning training for pastors. It looks like physically building. You know, if if the if the opportunity were to come about, um, just just ministering to people in that immediate community where the church is. There's just a very vast array of opportunities um, down there in Mexico that we found out, and yeah. uh, it was a very successful trip. Very exciting. I, I think it was great. I we went into it knowing that the first trip we hammered the training. We just did the whole time. To see like how they would training. receive it, right? To see if, yeah. they, if they were open to it. Right, yeah. right. And, uh, you know, I, I we had done some work ahead of time. We Like, I did a training via Zoom uh, with them and had been tracking for a year and a half with Pastor Eduardo, and he's been passing it down. And I think that was the biggest difference. That's why we're able to go in, uh, parachute in, and immediately see... Um, a lot of the return on our investment because he has been our investment and he is investing in his people. And you can already see it's so neat, man. One of the, there was a couple really neat, um, geez, the whole time was incredible, but a, a couple highlights stick out a couple, a couple dopes or, or, <laughs> or cakes or, uh, you know, roses, um, stick out on this one. And one of them was, so the whole point of the trip was to be relational. The first point of the trip was to go train and see if we're going to be obedient, right? And just to continue walking step in step with them. Um, but as they have been obedient and their church has grown, not a number a lot, but in health, and they are multiplying in number as well. Man, one of the coolest things was being able to see one of the guys there, third generation disciple already mm-hmm. um, from the last year, I think. And one of the disciples is already one of the dudes. It's just he's he's crushing it um, in every way. And it's just really neat to see the the fruit of a disciple's disciple. And then, so really, if you think about it, there's, there's kind of four generations in some sense of the, the truth that's being passed down and two of those generations are new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for, I I think, um, on the sort of, I guess, non spiritual side, um, one of my favorite things we did was, uh, a, a leader in that church, um, is a bronze sculptor. Uh, and, uh, you, you we want to got, talk about building relationships. Yeah. We got to go to him and his dad's shop, which is essentially attached to their house. So they work, you know, all in the same kind of compound. Um, and, and to, to go there and see it all and to see just the hard work, the hard labor that goes into it was, was mind blowing. Um, and then at the end, uh, we were able to, I was able to purchase one of the three personal, like original items that he had created, just sort of messing around and hoping that he would sell it one day. And, you know, I offered him a little bit above his asking price for it just to bless him, you know, and then he proceeded to give the other two, 
yeah. away yeah. Uh, to you guys as well. And like that was um, that was a, an amazing experience because I think it over overwhelmed him that we would want to see what they were doing. Um, and he's such a, a dear brother, you know, mm-hmm. such a sweet spirit, kind of a hard guy because he's a hard blue collar guy. Yep. But also soft in the Lord, you so, know, yep. and just just receptive, good mm-hmm. soil, um, and and he received that generosity, and then immediately turned it back on us, you know, by blessing us as well. Um, that was a that was just a beautiful experience with another believer that um, that I think you people experience often. Um, but again, when you do that cross-culturally, because we could barely understand each other in full, because even our guy didn't speak a ton of English yeah. perfectly. We didn't really have so, a translator. Right. So, so it was, it was, it's those non-verbal things that happen in those moments where you're like, this is just of the Lord. Yep. You know? Yep. That's a really spot-on description of that moment. You can you can feel it. You can't, and you just know, you just inherently know. Yeah. So, um, what stuck out to you besides, or, or what else stuck out to you um, for Mexico? Mm-hmm. Uh, how easy it was to get there. <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, like going to India is. Not easy. No, no. Um, so getting there, unfortunately, uh, and just the travel was was pretty easy. That the kind of a half day travel essentially. Yeah, um, so much six better than or two so hours total. Um, maybe eight if you transition with flights and all. But yeah, it was super easy that way. So that was good. Um, I think it, it was very personal for me, and I, it's hard for me to get away. I don't need to talk about that a ton here. It's just. Mm. The whole thing was very personal just because I have been there multiple times in Mexico in general already, and I got to bring my daughter. So, yeah. like that. Yeah. I think what was, was awesome thing about this trip that you really appreciated and that I didn't really foresee, but you came in, and this is why I'm so grateful that you were there. Um, because as a, as a, I think, I think the pioneer voice is very strong. Uh, in you and you were able to come in with different eyes than what I would have had and see, and you mentioned it at the top, see the next five to 10 years for this church. And mm-hmm. pastor Eduardo is getting up in age and he's starting to, um, identify. He knows he's aware, but he felt vulnerable and comfortable enough with us to share and say, Hey, he even said, um, we're his pastors. Mm. And this is a guy twice our age in a, in a culture yeah. that would not typically, you wouldn't hear that from a, from a sure. grown man. Um, just huge heart, amazing guy, ready to go. He is, he is the jefe. You know, he's the boss, but for to, to hear him say that uh, was really neat. But it was because the Holy Spirit was giving us some vision, especially giving you vision as to what does it look like. And you were saying things to him that I had seen and hadn't said yet, but your spirit was in alignment um, or your heart was in alignment with my heart. And, uh, and then Eduardo spoke and he's like, Hey, this is exactly what I feel like mm. yeah. we need to do. So this time was really neat to, to look at what is, 
to help them look at not just what does the next year look like for discipleship, but for the whole community, what does healthy leadership look like to pass it on and continue to go in the same direction? Right, right, exactly, exactly. So um, a couple other things that we want to celebrate. That was the biggest thing, so I think spending the most time on that was appropriate. Um, it was a huge win yeah. uh, just because we've been waiting a long time to do that. Yeah. So, um, and it had that, been longer than we had hoped right. to get back, even from the first time. We can't leave it without saying, without mentioning just the incredible time that we had as they sent us off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm out of, I think I wept like a little kid <laughs> worse than, than any other time having been in front of people. I, I think so. Um, I think you did. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I reeled it in after one like, bloop. <laughs> and then it was like hold it together <laughs> uh, one ugly slipped cry. out at the beginning though ugly cry on that yeah the, uh, yeah uh no i they uh they washed our feet at the end uh, while the church sent us off on sunday they were singing to us and they were singing to us as and they surprised us some people did that like came yeah from behind us and did that and uh, uh it was i have been in ministry for about 20 years and that has never happened to me before. Um, and so uh, maybe it's the Baptistic circles that I run in for the most part. I don't know. Um, but they are also Baptistic in what they do and what they yeah. believe as well. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that was a very surprising experience, but just very humbling, very um, uh, emotional um uh, servant hearted, servant minded, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, um, yeah, we, we don't experience that much in our culture. And, uh, we came as they all, as people always say on these kind of trips, like we came to be, to bless them, but then they blessed us in return. Like, yep. uh, yep. that was the evidence of that yep. just being such a, a beautiful blessing, you know, Amen. the whole thing. Yep. So. I loved worshiping with them. I loved ministering and being ministered uh, to buy them. So yeah, this is the call. If you're ever interested yeah. in joining us, let's go, let's roll, uh, hit us up, send us a link or send us a email and, or, or give me a shout and we'll figure out when the next one is yep. and try to take a trip down there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So we were able to also, I say we, kind of the collective we, the Multiply family, we were able to send uh, Chris and Jenny from the Grace Collective over to Rwanda yes. um, in the last uh, month or so. And uh, they were able to go and see the new place that is going to be bought and established for a coalescence coffee company, Rwanda location. Yeah. Um, so it's primarily at least from our perspective, it's primarily that. However, they are um, looking at purchasing a building with our partners over there that will serve also as an Airbnb, um, multi, uh, what do they call it? Multi, not multifamily, but it's essentially like an apartment complex with a coffee shop on top of the building, which is how they do things over there. Right. Um, So it's a business as mission opportunity it's also an income driver for our guy over there who in their denomination basically can't receive funds for the ministry that he does in their denomination. So 
he needs some other means. And this was a way to help with that because we know how to do coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, Rwanda has coffee. <laughs> Got all right coffee beans. Yeah, exactly. They're, they grow something yeah, over there. Exactly. So um, so that, that whole opportunity came up yeah. and Grace Collective jumped on that. And uh, man, we're super excited to be able to support that as well and support them in that whole endeavor. Yep. Yep. And I know Bonnie's really excited to see that the, 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 a lot of the funds from that are also going to be able to help the employees yes. as we create jobs for yes. the locals, not just at the Airbnb, not just as baristas, but in the fields yeah. as well, um, yeah. you know, long term. Yeah. So we'll see what the Lord does with that. I'm really excited. Um, I wanted I wanted to try and sneak in a suitcase and get over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what comes out of this because it looks like the Lord it doesn't look like he does this all the time I think we're being shrewd with how we utilize um, and leverage business as mission and there's there's individuals in Mexico that are doing that themselves um, as their own platform right mm-hmm. um, and yet also the church can be a part of that yeah um, and it's it's really neat to see the Lord utilize people's skills yeah um, to spread the gospel yeah and if you want to go listen to hear more about kind of the theology behind business as mission and our approach to that go look at episode nine of the podcast we covered that at length with uh, Nick Lombardi who's got a brilliant mind for this stuff that uh, man it was just so good yeah so another thing we're celebrating is our multiply project uh, multi-church celebration that happened just a couple of weeks ago now um, and we were able to do something very special this time mm-hmm. where previously we would have either an outdoor service or um, a multi-church service um, with the last couple of years at Little Creek Church, uh, which is part of our family of churches. This year, we were able to do this at Norview Baptist Church, which is um, in a center section of the city we call Five Points, uh, which, by the way, is the location of our newest church plant that is upcoming. Uh, we interviewed Dylan back on the podcast last season as okay. well. And, uh, man, we've got some really exciting stuff coming up there. But we were able to... Go to Norview Baptist Church, which is a worship center that's bigger than OV, which in Norfolk is um, kind of a big deal because uh, we don't have a lot of large churches in Norfolk. Um, but man, we were able to go in there and um, and uh, and we had a, several hundred people in there worshiping and uh, bringing in all of our mobile equipment and uh, doing a, this this big multi-church event uh, that really felt like it was um, um, I don't know a, a an event, a uh, uh, conference, a conference kind of thing. You know, we had uh, all of our, we had ten different tables of organizations, and I think like two of those were ministries, but um, like a prayer ministry table. But we had like ten different tables that are represented from all of our churches, and it really started to make me feel like, man, we we've got these community partnerships that we really need to lean into a little bit more heavily as well. And so uh, we've talked about um, adding a community partnership goal 
to our longer term planning because we've got Seapoint College, who we need to get mm-hmm. Sarah Hummel mm-hmm. on the podcast here yep. very soon. Dr. Sarah Hummel now, okay. um, as of a few weeks ago, um, on the podcast because um, Seapoint College is going to be uh, an awesome addition to the Multiply family. Um, of course, all of our normal standard partners, Coaster Coffee, Coalescence. Um, I've done named some folks. Now i got to keep naming things. The, uh, I know. That's three. <laughs> right. you got seven left. Right, right. right. So feel we like had, you're at the donut shop. We had shop. a leader's table. Uh, Five Points Church had their table. Uh, Multiply itself had their table, of uh-huh. course, with T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. Times 12 had a table. Mission Coalition. Uh, Mission Coalition had a table. The international churches were represented there by Mission Coalition. Our prayer tent table as well. Yep. Um, so Leader uh, table. Uh, yeah, that was in that same section. Yeah, so um, I think that was it. Uh, the school. <laughs> oh, it should be Christian Academy. What in the world? That uh, was the one of the largest well, that's, tables. Yeah, so. I mean, that we just... <laughs> it's yeah, it that's goes, assumed. Right, it's assumed uh, on this table, but uh, definitely yeah, right. not. not a, we need to be careful. not on the airwaves. Yeah, um, gotta get Pastor Daniel on here too. We, so you know, we're planning. We, we we're planning. Him, we gave him a few months to get into <laughs> right. the school year. Exactly. First so we're, we're planning our our podcast as we talk about things that we're doing. So uh, pretty much that's how this episode has gone. So. What, how do you want to end the podcast today? Um, that's a good question. Maybe let's end it on a personal note. How about that? Okay. Um, let's just talk just a couple minutes personally, um, about, uh, by the way, the multiply project, just to wrap that up. Oh yeah. That, sorry. I didn't that whole thing. I just, that whole event was great, but it's our, like our reset point for the year for our budget. We do our, our reset giving in the, in that, um, uh, every single year. And so that's been, uh, it's about at par where it's been, uh, like to see that number climb a little bit, um, around the 150 to 160 range for the year. This is all over and above normal tithing and normal giving. So if you're interested in giving to the Multiply Project, go to multiplythechurch.com and uh, click on either the Give button or the more info about the project at the landing page um, because this all happens by the efforts of the over and above giving from our people. And so um, we would love to see more partners uh, in that mix. So, yeah, let's land the plane here with some personal things. Uh, John, I know you've got some uh, so movement happening in your life uh, starting, well, tomorrow's June 1st, and as we record today. So I know, right? literally like tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, officially. Um, we've been talking about this for months, but talk yeah. about a little bit, a couple minutes on um, what, what God's doing in your life and uh, what's next for you, bro. Yeah. Well, last January, I was approached by one of our um, elders um, and good friends, Eddie Herrera. And we were discussing, uh, I I had felt the Lord um, continue to put a curiosity in my heart uh, as to like, what else, what do I need to do? I knew Lauren was transitioning out of being a principal at the school and she needed some rest. And so she was going part-time uh, when she finished that. And so uh, that season kind of became a season of saying yes to the right things. And the Lord really navigated the things that we, as I look back over the last two years, the Lord helped us identify the things we needed to say yes to and the things we needed to say no to. And there was a lot. And I'm very grateful for the wisdom uh, that he's given us and, and the guidance to be able to get to where we're at today. Because now what I get to do is leadership development, 
um, in the church and outside of the church. And as an evangelist, as a connector, that's something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, and so what I get to do is take leadership resources and principles and tools and help people learn how to be leaders worth following. Leaders that people want to follow, not have to follow. And so essentially what, I, what I've done is, is last, uh, last January, uh, not this one, but the one before that in 22, we sat down in my garage. We were having a cigar and we were talking about this. He's like, hey, I, ha- I went through this um, group. It was incredible. Um, there was a lot of self-awareness that happened for me. And they have guides and consultants and coaches that go into organizations and they teach this stuff. They train leadership development. And, um, I was thinking through it and I was halfway on board. And then I realized these are the same people who wrote a lot of the church planting content that I had read and been shaped by over the years. They come out of that ilk. And then I started to realize all of these principles are just taken out of the scriptures and they're packaged in a, in an, in a way that they're evergreen, so you can take them anywhere. Uh, any organization, any corporation, um, any country. In fact, the president of Bhutan just uh, recently, uh, I don't know how recent, a year or two ago, asked one of our, um, uh, I think our president uh, of Giant Worldwide to come help him restructure the leadership of his entire country. And so we work with we work with a bunch of different organizations and help their leaders become people who are self-aware and others aware um, so that we can identify our tendencies and be able to lead ourselves, know ourselves to lead ourselves and know others to lead others. That's the, that's the nutshell of it. And so it's really, um, it's a way for me to go in and help people develop their own health their own awareness, their own peace um, in different circles, whether it be at home, whether it be at family or in their broader community or on their team at work. Um, So I've had this tagline. I've said it on here. I've said it in church. I've said it at the, at the project gathering, um, you know, signing off as pastor, staying signed on as friend, but really my new role I'm still a pastor. I just don't get called that. I'm still shepherding people. Sure. I'm still discipling. Um, I'm, we just don't use we 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 use more marketplace terms, less missions right. terms. And but primarily, I still do the same thing. Pastoring of leaders in this case in, yeah. in our international churches. And yeah. So right. Um, so you'll stay on to to help with uh, mission coalition. Oh yep. And, um, um, we're staying here. We're not moving. We're training, not going anywhere. We're, yep, we're training Pastor Eduardo, yep. Pastor Danny, um, yep. Pastor Bonnie now, and in, in Rwanda as well. So, um, so not leaving. Just shifting roles a bit. Yeah. Um, taking a full-time step back to a more part-time role, um, mm-hmm. but staying on board. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that because we need that um, yeah. continued uh, international focus as well. Yeah. So. And it's it's been great. What, what about you, man? You've started something new as well in this last season. What's new for you? Yeah, it's crazy, man. I So I don't know. I can't remember when it was. It was sometime in, in the recording of the the last part of season one that I just decided, you know what, I'm going to apply for a PhD program and just kind of see 
you know, do some exploration there. And, um, and I did, and I was, uh, accepted at Midwestern Seminary out in Kansas City. Um, so I'm going to ride out there with my Bills gear on, um, in a few months. Um, I heard it's a good place. <laughs> and no, I've been, I am, uh, I've been meaning and planning to do this at some point. Um, it's been 10 years since I've been to school. And so getting back into that groove has been challenging. Um, but I started at the first part of March in the PhD program there and doing a PhD in applied theology leadership. Hmm. So, um, man, I'm just, uh, it's been already been formative just in the, in the practical sense of like, um, you know, just reshaping my life and patterns and disciplines and things that I've got to do because now I got to study stuff and write stuff and read things instead of, you know, watch TV and uh, do whatever, play golf or whatever, you know, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta be a little more focused. Um, right. but it's, it's been helpful. Um, cause usually it's helpful for everyone around me, including my family as well. I just, yep. um, feel a little sharper, you know? Um, and, uh, and, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that challenge. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm sure some of that will continue to leak out as, uh, this first class has kind of just been like a, Hey, get to get your life together because, um, it's about to go down, you know? And so I'm learning how to read and write again, essentially. And then we'll head into some actual leadership topics in the fall. So biblical leadership and, um, contemporary issues in leadership, uh, will be my focus in the fall. So, uh, pretty pumped about that. That's helpful. I was going to ask you to define applied theology. Is that, is that like the opposite of theoretical theology? Uh, well, yeah, sort of. Um, so it's opposed to like, there's a biblical theology, historical theology, and then applied theology. Are there like their tracks of their um, PhD programs? Um, there's biblical? other D, there's DMIN programs as well, but biblical sure. theology, historical, historical theology, applied, applied theology, and so the applied theology is all the practical stuff like um, uh, missiology, which study of missions, um, biblical counseling, apologetics ecclesiology, which is like the study of the church, and then uh, leadership. So there's five different tracks um, in the applied theology field. Mm. And what I really enjoyed about this program was just the accessibility of it. Um, in a PhD, apparently you have to be in class in person over 50% of the time. Um, so the seminars, I got to be there for over 50% of them at some point. Um, and according to my schedule, it's all planned out for the next few years. And um, okay, yeah, hopefully yeah. by the next... by. Four years from now, I'll be finished. So I know a guy excited about it that knows Kansas City. All right. <laughs> so yes. if you've got that schedule, just send it over. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be there in October and January. So maybe at one of the points there, I'll be able to catch a Chiefs. October, game. January. Yep. All right. I think we could hit Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> we could hang out with uh, Tech Nine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, and then. Um, some barbecue along the way, and then there's uh, I could I could introduce you to uh, if I say one spot, like I'm mm. immediately out, like alienated from half of my friends. <laughs> if I say another spot, the other half is gonna hate me. Yeah, uh, not everywhere's good right. in KC, so that's really neat, well, man. I'm all. excited for you. It yeah. seems like feet to floor theology, and just continuing to uh, unpack, dig really deep into what does this look like, especially within leadership, to create cultures where we're not just talking about the stuff, we're doing it, yeah, and we're passing it on. Talking about things that 
matter, right? Wow. And, uh, focusing on things that matter. So yep. just so you all know that are listening ahead for the season, um, we are going to continue on with new topics and uh, we're going to bring in some new personalities. Um, and so don't be surprised if it's not John and Aaron on the podcast. It might be other people that are hosting and, and uh, participating. Uh, I want to open the door up a little bit on to some more leaders in our family of churches to uh, participate in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hear Pastor Caleb um, soon and uh, uh, Pastor Jordan as well. And, uh, you know, we got some plans for some new podcasts later on in the year to uh, start a potential network of, uh, of, of mm. podcasts. So that will be, uh, yeah. that will be exciting. Yeah. So. We'll have some other ladies on Absolutely. in this season as well, uh, including Susan Murphy. Yep. Uh, excited to Sarah be able to Hummel. chat with her. Yep. Sarah, yep. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season, and um, yeah, build it with us. Keep hanging out. Keep chatting with us. Uh, let us know um, if there's anything that you think is a good current event that we should cover. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We do have a podcast page, so go to multiplythechurch.com slash podcast, and you can find us there. You can find us on social media as well. Uh, we'd love to engage with you um, on any of these topics and uh, reach out. We would love to uh, love to continue this conversation with you. But for now, you've been listening to the Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the word dwell richly in you and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.